Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hello once again, Mike and Joel. I'm Mike, he's Joel, and this is Growing in Grace, the podcast. Here again for another week of experiencing the goodness of God and the incredible message of the gospel. Forget the religious gunk that gets mixed in with it. You may have heard it in church or on uh, religious radio and TV things that would drag you down, things that would put you in fear, the kinds of things that would kind of make you wonder where you stand with God. You'll find none of that here. You're protected. You found sanctuary. And uh, Joel, we've been talking for quite a number of weeks now on the Old and New Covenants in the context of the book of Hebrews, especially, I think, right around Hebrews 6 and 7. And now we're finishing up in Hebrews 10. And we'll do just a couple more weeks. This week and probably next week, we'll get through this. And uh, then it's going to be, I realize that you may be listening at different times, but in real life, uh, it's it's going to be Christmas time here in a few weeks. And so we'll probably address something in, in the context of, of Christ and, and the Christmas message. But hope you're doing okay out there, buddy. Oh, you talking to me? No. <laughs> Didn't think so. But I thought I had a glimmer of hope that maybe I would gain an audience with, with you. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess this is only the 577th time that we've done this together. So I guess, I, I guess Cap talks to me. Well, yeah, this is, and, and you talked about, you know, this, you know, being a sanctuary and it's not because we're trying to uh, make the Bible, you know, we're trying to find verses that, that make God seem to be good. It's, it's just that that is the overall story when you look at the scriptures, God is good. He's good to us. He's kind to us. And the blood of Jesus, what it accomplished, it was enough. It was enough for all of my sin, all of your sin, everybody listening, and it covered everything. The once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that's where our hope is. You know, if our hope is in, well, I don't think I've performed well enough. Well, of course, you're going to feel pretty bad about yourself. But if your hope is, you know, no matter how you've performed, if your hope is in that one sacrifice of Jesus that we've been talking about, then you have hope. You have real hope. You have hope in this new and living way uh, that Jesus provided for us. And so that's what we're uh, going to be talking about as we look at this once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus. Well, real quick again, in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 11, every priest— you know, again, the writer of Hebrews, looking back on the old covenant before the cross, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices over and over again, which can never take away sins. But he, Jesus, having offered one, one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down for all time, sat down. For all time, he sat down. The priest kept standing. Jesus, his work was done. He didn't have to stand anymore. He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, one, he has perfected for all time. There it is again. (laughs) For all time, those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us 
And here comes an old covenant quote here. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind, and I will write them. And their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now get this. Now where there is forgiveness, this is Hebrews 10, 18. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Take it away. Wow. Take it away, Joel. So there's no longer an offering for sin. Well, what am I going to do? <laughs> We're in dire uh, circumstances here. Oh, it says there's remission of these. There's forgiveness for these. And because of that, there's no longer an offering for sin. I know we look at some of these verses, and especially, you know, we'll get to um, verse 26, either uh, this time or next time, probably, verses that scare people if you just look at things, if you take them out of context. But here he is saying there is forgiveness of sins. There's remission of sins. And because of that, there's no longer an offering for sin. Why? Because that one sacrifice of Jesus took care of all of it. It provided forgiveness for all sin. All sin was taken away by that one sacrifice, that one offering of Jesus. He goes on there in verse 19. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Do you have this bold? Do you feel like you can boldly enter into the holiest of holies? Do you feel like you can boldly enter God's presence if you're thinking that, oh, woe is me, you know, I really don't think that God thinks much of me, or I've sinned too much, or I've been kind of down in in my performance, I've not been doing so well, and so I really just feel like I have to, you know, keep my distance from God, or, or God is keeping his distance from me. Well, this here says that it was because all of your sins have been taken away, forgiven, remission of sin. There's no longer an offering for sin because that one sacrifice took care of everything. Therefore, you, you who are listening to this right now, you have the ability to boldly enter into the holiest of places. You you have the boldness to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Again, it's not by your performance. It's by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us that uh, through the veil, and this veil was his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. <laughs> Let us draw near. Okay, I, I don't feel, again, I don't feel like I can draw near to God. I sinned too much. I've not performed well enough. Here he says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Why? Because I've been able to muster up enough faith? No, because my faith is in the blood of Jesus and not on my performance. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, if I might just play uh, the role of somebody who doesn't feel like they have this confidence my heart sprinkled from an evil conscience? Well, you don't know the thoughts that go through my head. Okay, well, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about you can have your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, not because all your thoughts are perfect, not because your thoughts are always great. You may have the worst thoughts enter your mind sometimes, but that's not it. It's this one sacrifice of Jesus through which you can have your 
heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and your body washed with pure water. It's all based upon that finished work of Jesus. Boy, this is such good news. I mean, regardless of our insufficiencies in ourselves and like you were talking about thought patterns or wrong actions, sinful activity that may occur, whether you've chosen to do it or you wished you hadn't. I mean, you get caught up in all these things, and we need to get back to what the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. None of that matters. As you said, Joel, it's all about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. We're not always going to be perfect, but we have been perfected. We talked about that here in the past couple of programs. Perfection has come to us. Holiness, righteousness, sanctification. We're blameless before God. In the eyes of God, we're we're blameless, above reproach, precious in his sight. I mean, the price that was paid for you and I, it was the ultimate price. And for us to say, I'm not good enough, or I don't know where I stand, you don't know what I've done. We don't have to know what you've done. We know what Jesus did. And that's where the focus needs to fall back on, I think. Oh, that's just, that's good. I just want to repeat uh, what you said there. We don't know what you've done. You know what you've done, but so what? Because we all know what Jesus has done. All of this, every last bit of, of the forgiveness that we have, the new life that we have, the perfection that we have, the sanctification that we have, it's all based on the blood of Christ. It's not based upon anything that we've done or not done. Again, if if that's where our hope is, then we don't have any hope at all. We really don't, because our performance goes up and down and up and down. It varies. Some people may have performance that seems really, really good. Some people Man, their performance, the people of the church might even shun them, but that's the people of the church. But the blood of Jesus Christ says, come boldly, come boldly to God. In fact, uh, he goes on here, let us hold fast the confession of our sin. No, (laughs) he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Again, are you faithful? Am I faithful? Not all the time. If it's based on this standard of perfection, according to God's law, according to good works, according to being the best person that we can be, all of us fall flat on our faces, as the writer has written about a few times already in the book of Hebrews. But when our hope is on he who is faithful, his promises, that is where we have assurance, we have hope, and we can rest in that. Yeah, you've got Christian people out there who think they need to be leading people to Christ every day, and anything short of that would be a failure, and and they feel as though they've let God down somehow. You know, reading, as I've said before, reading 10 chapters of the Bible a day might be one of their things that they, they feel is the least they can do. Uh, attending church five times a week, I mean, there's all of that and people always fall in short, still feeling like it's not enough. And then you've got the other side of the coin where people out there, maybe they've never stepped foot in a church. They couldn't name Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in order. They've just never believed, really. I mean, they've never uh, really understood anything about any of this stuff. And they might sit there and say, well, I'm not that bad. (laughs) I mean, I've never really, I've never killed anybody. So why wouldn't I go to heaven? So you got these two extremes. Neither one of those is uh, on the right path. 
It's all about what Jesus Christ has done with the one sacrifice for all. And it was that one sacrifice that allowed him to sit down as he entered the Holy of Holies. Jesus performed on earth what had been done in heaven. And so what we've got here is Jesus Christ offering forgiveness for all people for all time, and there's no longer an offering for sin. This is all good news for us, you see, because where this is leaving us is at a place where the work has been done. What were the last words from Jesus? It is finished. An old covenant was brushed aside for Israel. A new covenant was established for all of the world for us to enter into. And so it's not up to us anymore. It's not up to us. Jesus did it all. Forgiveness has been offered. All you and I have to do is to believe it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the writer goes on here as we wrap up, you know, um, this is this is some scary stuff for people that we'll get into next week, but it's really not scary. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Does that mean that if I sin, Jesus' sacrifice doesn't count for me? Oh, it's much better than that. It's, it's not nearly as bad as what people make it out to be. We'll get into that next week. Right here, keep listening to Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.